I'm a handshake and tape, I'm a spud with a plane. I'm a miracle that's created day by day. I ain't your average quitter, I don't put up a cough. I'm doing the best I can. The drum tater, don't be hated. Welcome to the Path Board Utah. I'm Jamie Rinda, your host today. And uh, as long as I still have my Trump Tater song playing, eventually it will change, but I have it today. So I'm going to give a Trump Tater of the Day award out. And that would go to the great governor of Florida, Governor DeSantis. Um, anyway, he, I, I, and I also want to take this time to uh, give a thumbs up to our great police departments throughout the United States. Um, and, and talk about a couple of stories. But uh, instead of defunding the police, uh, Governor DeSantis gives a bonus, a $1,000 bonus to all the law enforcement in the state of Florida, uh, which I believe we, us here in Utah that we should consider doing the same. Um, you know, there, there's bad apples in every profession, and so there's definitely bad apples in the police department, and we should focus in and make sure that uh, we eliminate uh, bad police officers as their actions kind of pass. But there's got to be, you know, there's um, a little give and take on the mistakes that police officers can make. And I'm going to give an example of just something at my store. I own a, you know, a small little Restaurant, not significant of any, though it's fantastic. I want to not diminish it in that way, but uh, I mean, it's just I have seven employees, and uh, and there's times that you know that uh, we can make a mistake with a customer and how we treat a customer, and uh, and I always appreciate you know when a customer gives me legitimate feedback so we can make those corrections. Uh, and we all can say stupid things. We all can, you know, it's just human nature that we're not always at our best. Um, and so for us to, and I'm not excusing any poor behavior uh, from police, uh, our police force in whatsoever way. But at the same time, we have to give some recognition that there's times that we don't understand what took place in the four calls before that last call in which it, something happened that uh, we're making a judgment on. And uh, there's going to be uh, unfair casualties that take place in law enforcement on occasion. And, um, and so knowing this, then we have to decide, was there malice involved or was it just strictly, you know, a, a bad call, grabbed the gun versus the taser? Uh, in the one case of the woman uh, who shot the uh, guy who was trying to flee in his car. And again, it's horrific consequences, but I, I think intent goes a long way on on making these judgments. And uh, so I I anyway, I just uh, I want to give a, 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 a shout out because every day there just seems to be more and more that our police officers are facing. So in saying that, I mean, there's in, in New York, there's like a 75 percent early retirement. I mean, they're going to be in a hell of a mess in New York and, and Seattle and these other cities. But even within our own communities, we've got to be careful that uh, that we're giving the proper support to our police departments. And so there's a, a woman who kind of came out, a policewoman, and uh, challenged Black Lives Matter and made a statement. And she has since been fired from her job. Are police not allowed to defend themselves at all against all the hate that's out there against them? Um, I mean, just in a society, if we're going to be able to have a society in which we can safely go to and from work, take our families on vacation, go out and eat dinner, uh, we depend on our law enforcement. It's not always perfect. And again, I, I want to hold anybody who is belligerently or, or even somewhat... Uh, callous in their emotions and in their attitudes and do something that harms uh, someone in their care should be held accountable. Uh, but like I, I'm going to give a, the Atlanta officer who was fired last year for the Richard Brooks shooting. That was the one where the guy was sleeping in his car in a Wendy's parking lot. 
and uh, heavily intoxicated. Uh, the police came over. He moved his car. He got out. He, everything was going well, but just as they started to search him, he grabs their taser, tasers them, throws one of the police officers to the ground. The police didn't have a chance to fully uh, search him, know if he was carrying any type of a weapon, and then he attacks them. He runs off. He turns around, has something in his hands, uh, and he is shot, and that's where all hell breaks loose in Atlanta. And uh, the Wendy's parking lot was taken over. Black Lives Matter ended up shooting uh, at a car of a family that ended up killing the 8-year-old Turner girl. So anyway, this police officer is now back on active duty and has his job back. So I think just, you know, congratulations to him on that, being able to um, salvage his profession, because I definitely feel uh, he was... um, Misjudged. He's still facing uh, several different felony charges against him, but in the meantime, he is able to continue in his profession as a police officer, and rightly so. Anyway, there's a lot of things out there. There's a a woman in California, and uh, this one just blew my mind because uh, she gets pulled over by a uh, a Hispanic uh, police officer, and she starts recording, and she starts saying all this you know, crap to him before he even gets up to the window and you're a murderer and just really harassing him. And then she announces that she's a school teacher. And uh, as if that's supposed to mean something right now, other than it tells us she's probably liberal under this circumstance because she continues to harass this uh, police officer who acts with dignity the, this entire time that he's uh, approaching her. And well, so she, he's given her a ticket because she's on her cell phone. Uh, while she's driving and uh, so then she says well, I want to call your supervisor and he says my supervisor's on his way and then she starts picking on his race saying you know that he's a Mexican he's always going to be a Mexican he's never going to be white and I thought oh my goodness I mean this type of harassment and this this police officer was just so kind all the way through it and had such professionalism but how many of us could do that how many of us, if we face that kind of hate and that type of uh, vitriol towards us on a day-in, day-out basis by these people that we're pulling over and just enforcing the laws that are out there and that we're asked to uh, that they're asked to enforce, and they confront this? I mean, this this police officer handled that with so much class, and I just I don't think the average person. Uh, has that within them to just let themselves be attacked like that and uh, so anyway I just uh, I I look at um, all the different circumstances that are out there every day and if we didn't have our law enforcement and we're I mean it's just getting closer by the day of not having a society that has uh, law enforcement if we're not really careful and so make sure that you take the opportunity when you see a police officer in a restaurant or a gas station or wherever you see them to thank them for their service. Um, So then I want to go on to uh, another story. And uh, this one just kind of, you know, it kind of goes along with the whole police officer because it it talks about what type of society we're going to live in. And so there's two Korean women who were attacked uh, by a man came into their store and uh, had a cement brick, brick and just started uh, attacking them. And there was a, a gentleman that was in the store and he just watched this attack take place, didn't intervene, and then just kind of exited. This is in Baltimore. And uh, in this, the, and I'm not for sure if it was a robbery gone bad or, or, for, or for sure what it was, but these two women fought back, and uh, so it could have been a robbery. But the fact that a man was patronizing their store and watched these two women being attacked by another man with a brick, and he sat there and watched it and walked out. And I thought, what kind of society are we moving to when we are not coming to the defense of people? And uh, not only are we not having law enforcement that's going to come to the defense of we as fellow Americans, fellow human beings, are not going to come to the defense of someone in need. Um, And so then, and I know this is kind of a stretch of connection here, but uh, 
Well, when I get back, I'm going to stretch this connection because I want to talk about the Utah Convention again and what took place on Saturday and this lack of civility that they're trying to put out there on delegates that properly expressed their feelings towards our senator here in the state of Utah by booing. And when we talk about civility, I want you to think about these two women that were attacked and a bystander watched it happen and walked out the door. And then compare that in civility and what type of civility are we looking for in our country. So I'll be back on the Path Forward Utah in just a minute. of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule changing the world one life at a time you guys your customer service and everything you guys are great and the commercials talk about it but i don't know if it really gives it true justice people need to know this is maybe the most amazing product i've ever tried it's so pure it tastes so good i'm just blown away by it Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA. At the American Veterinary Medical Association annual convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health. One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections in animals. There's more valuable information at AVMA. The following are real life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. I initially was scared to call and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one. One easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Hi, this is Brian Hyde. Several months ago, I was introduced to a small Idaho technology company called Pure Light that's invented a new type of light bulb that's simply amazing. Their LED light bulbs make all other light bulbs obsolete. And I've actually had a chance to put them to work in my own home. Now, these are bulbs that eliminate odors, including pet odors and chemical smells. They eliminate mold. They eliminate deadly germs, even the tough-to-kill ones like MRSA or E. coli or salmonella. They eliminate smells. They eliminate deadly chemicals from the air, just like a $1,000 plus air purification machine would do, only for a whole lot less with these Pure Light LED bulbs. And you know what? They work as advertised, and they're already being used in thousands of homes, businesses, schools, assisted living facilities, medical facilities, government buildings, and more. Find out for yourself. Go to pure-light.com. That's pure-light.com, the next generation of light bulb. Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. I'm Jamie Rendy, your host today. And just talking about civility, I thought uh, Dr. Marcy on her program did a fantastic job talking about, you know, was it an appropriate response on the booing uh, at uh, the convention last Saturday? And uh, all the national papers have picked it up. It's on been on Breibar at the Blaze and and uh, so I just want to go back and touch this because I want to just talk about civility as a whole. And uh, part of me, in hindsight now, looks and I thought that's exactly the response that Mitt Romney was seeking. They wanted that response, just like on January 6th. Um, it, again, I'm not one who likes or appreciates what the people did on January 6th because I think it damaged all of us. But uh, I do think those who were in charge 
and uh, that there is an intentional effort to provoke the response that happened on January 6th. And it was let to be happened because they knew by letting that now they can hold that out there instead of focusing in on some of the other rioting and things that took place throughout the summer. Uh, no guns were found on those people that were in the house that that, uh, uh, that went into the Congress on January 6th. Uh, again, I don't support what happened and the manner in which it happened. It is the people's house. It shouldn't have been locked down. But uh, I don't necessarily support, I do not support what happened. But nonetheless, I look at it, and I think that was allowed to happen for a reason. Nancy Pelosi turned down the police force. The mayor of D.C. turned down additional security because they knew, the FBI had warned them, it was out there. They knew if you get that many people together in that crowd mentality, and there were people that were agitators, professional agitators out there that were provoking and stoking this type of uh, group mentality to cause something like that to happen. And I say that because I, I look back on uh, what happened on Saturday. Mitt Romney comes in there, and uh, one, he knows you know half the people there can't stand him, or, or more than half, and he starts his speech out, well, what do you think of Biden's first 100 days? Well, he is the reason we had Biden's first 100 days. And uh, then he just goes on to continue to provoke and, you know, asked us if we were embarrassed by the behavior of the booing. Well, no, I think that was a totally appropriate form to boo Mitt Romney in to let him know of our displeasure. So I want to point out one more thing. You know, everybody was talking about um, his vote on impeachment and that being one of the reasons. I want to take it back to the day before Mitt Romney took office. So the day before Mitt Romney took office, he wrote a scathing op-ed piece about President Trump. So all of us state delegates who had Mitt Romney tell us face-to-face that he was friends with President Trump. They may have little disagreements here and there, but he was friends with President Trump, and he was going to support President Trump. So the day before Mitt Romney takes office, he writes this scathing editorial uh, on Mitt Romney. And so it didn't start at impeachment. It started the day before Mitt Romney took office. He was a liar. He has no ethics. He has no morals. He looks the part. And, uh, and so he, he, he's this self-righteous, pompous man. And he deserved exactly what he got. He deserved that response, and it was exa- it was in the form that was appropriate to give that response to an elected official who lied to our faces before he was elected. So back to the civility. The very people who booed Mitt Romney would be the very people who would have defended these two Asian women in the store. They would not have walked around them and exited out the door. They would have came to her defense. That's civility. They were the people that if they saw someone being treated unfairly or attacked, that they would come to their defense. So we can talk civility when it comes to booing, but uh, we've lost civility in our country when people can be being attacked and we walked by them and we walked by them. And you see this happening in these liberal cities in which they're already pushing their police department out. And uh, and the citizens themselves don't have the courage or the civility to stand up to those being attacked. So I don't want to really hear about civility when it comes to booing a man who lied directly to the faces of the people who were responsible of deciding whether or not he could run for Senate in the state of Utah. And when he continuously did not represent our voices against a direct lie that he told from the very beginning that he had no intention of following compared to people's actions of allowing innocent people to be attacked and not coming to their defense. That's the civility we should really be worried about in our nation right now because this has taken place all over America that... uh, and we, we, ought, we ought to hope that we have people on our side if that happens to us. 
And uh, regardless of, you know, the while back we heard, you know, all this rhetoric on the news about the hate for going out towards Asians. And uh, I feel like it's awful. It should be condemned. But there was no putting in perspective of who was doing it and what cities these were being done on. These weren't MAGA cities. These weren't Trump people doing these attacks. These were in liberal cities. Most of these attacks were being, uh, Asians were being attacked by black Americans. And, uh, and not that I'm criticizing or throwing all blacks in that category because that's not the case. But the reality was not being pointed out. They were trying to make it out to be President Trump's fault on this. Um, and it just wasn't the case. And it's still not the case. And Asians are being attacked disproportionately. But it's happening in these liberal cities. And the fellow Americans, and there's, there's a couple of cases, you know, that I've seen people come to the defense. But for most cases, on these stories of people walking by and just punching someone or attacking someone, people just sit there and watch or they pull out their cameras and they videotape. That's lack of civility. That's the lack of civility that we should be outraged by and that we should be talking about on the news media nightly is how are we going to come to the defense of our fellow human beings when they're being physically attacked, verbally attacked? Are we going to sit there and watch it? Are we going to pull out our cameras? Are we going to try to sneak away as fast as we can so we're not brought into that, that, uh, that problem? So that's the civility that I would like to hope that we're going to have a discussion on in America. Um, the civility of the way people get in our police officer space and call them pigs and talk about pigs in a blanket, uh, burn them like bacon, or, or the uh, all... All cops, A C A B acronym. All cops are bastards. Uh, that gets chanted directly in the faces of our police department. What about that civility? Does that get discussed on our national media, or is that in written in the papers throughout America? The Standard Examiner or the Salt Lake Tribune? Do we talk about the lack of civility there? Uh, none of this lack of civility seems to be matter to people. But yet booing in a proper format a United States senator who intentionally lied to the delegates and before he even took office tried to destroy the character of President Donald J. Trump. Somehow that lack of civility seems to magnify and take all over the nation and being discussed as if we're some type of um, deplorable, as Hillary Clinton would say, deplorable human being, deplorable Trump supporter, because we booed Mitt Romney in an appropriate form. Um, and it was a proper form of expression of our displeasure. But yet we don't want to talk about the civility uh, that should be, that we used to have in America, uh, people standing up for one another, the way we treat our police officers, um, so any, anyway, that's just food for thought on civility and the conversations we haven't been having on the times in which civility has not been exercised and uh, continues to show its face of not being exercised uh, throughout predominantly, again, liberal cities. But it happens in conservative places, too. So make sure that we're part of that civility, that we're part of the humanity that's going to stand up and help a fellow be a human being in need that's been improperly or uh, attacked. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. A federal judge on Wednesday threw out the CDC's nationwide moratorium on evictions, but agreed to put a temporary hold on her ruling as the government pushes an appeal. District Judge Dabney Friedrich said that although there was no doubt Congress intended to empower CDC to combat COVID-19, a moratorium on residential evictions was not among them. The husband of missing Colorado mom Suzanne Morphew has been charged with first-degree murder in connection with her disappearance and presumed death just shy of one year ago. Barry Morphew was arrested on Wednesday with first-degree murder, tampering with physical evidence, and attempting to influence a public servant charges. 
South Carolina is putting into motion bringing back firing squads to its list of execution methods. The state house voted 66 to 43 Wednesday on legislation that would allow death row inmates to choose between being shot or electrocuted if lethal injection drugs are not available. USA Radio News. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic Yes, you can. You can save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family. MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 844-34-BIBLE. That's 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. SpaceX and their space ambitions have had many setbacks in the last year. Perseverance has now paid off. Dan Rocky with the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau reports. SpaceX has successfully landed a test rocket it plans on using to send astronauts to the moon. The company launched, then landed its Starship prototype rocket on Wednesday, the first time that the prototype has successfully landed. Four previous tests were destroyed in the process of landing. SpaceX was awarded a contract from NASA last month to develop the Starship for use on the Artemis missions to return to the moon, though the contract is currently on hold after two other companies filed protests of the contract award. Just months after Trader Joe's increased its special COVID-19 bonus pay for employees, the grocery chain is now looking to slash it in half. In February, Trader Joe's gave employees an additional $4 an hour, pretty much for being frontline workers. Now Trader Joe's is looking to drop the thank you pay back down to its initial rate. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. I'm Jamie Rinda, your host. Um, so I want to go back on this civility just for a minute uh, because that, that kind of aligns with our program, the Path Forward Utah, and how are we going to move forward in Utah? How are we going to move forward in America? And that, again, is going as local as we can go, and as local as we can go is ourselves. What changes can we make um, that can make the world better around us? And, uh, and so that, that, that's where we have to go. We have to change our heart and our disposition. Now, again, I want to say, I don't think that doesn't mean I can't boo Mitt Romney. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I don't think we're supposed to. I think sometimes that we have this concept or idea that uh, confrontation is bad. And so, therefore, we just become passive-aggressive people who snipe at each other instead of really resolving issues. So I, I think it's very important, whether it's in your marriage or in your family, that you have honest discussions about where you're at and sometimes very uncomfortable discussions. Um, and so that, that's kind of where we were at last Saturday. But we've got to take politics back as local as we can, and that's, you know, who, you know, who are we going to be? What are we representing? What are we out doing to try to make the world a better place, to try to make our life uh, a better life, our families, uh, you know, better people. And uh, so we have to go back local. We start with ourselves and our families, our direct communities. And uh, so I look at all the different things that this past year um, has happened and all the time it's, it's going to save me. I just got to start using it better because I haven't been using it. Like there's so many different shows I can't go to because I don't support the actors actresses in those shows so it saves me a lot of money and time uh, professional sports are off the table for most of us who've decided that we're not going to put our money and time into professional sports uh, fountain drinks oh my goodness you know I, I don't know how it's going to hurt fizz and all these soda f- uh, factories around the state of Utah that people are uh, getting sugared up on but if people really want to stick to their principles uh, they would stop supporting Coca-Cola and even Pepsi and uh, man, how that would be fantastic for us as a society 
to stop these addictions that we have on sugar and, uh, and, be- and, and soda pop. Um, and in addition to that, we're not supporting these corporations that want to dictate uh, to us and, 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 take, and be part of taking away our freedoms. And um, so anyway, there's a, because all these things have happened this past year, we have some additional time and money and resources in our hands, so we have to think, what are we going to do with these things? And uh, maybe, you know, again, and I'm going to throw this back out there because Spencer Cox's uh, speech has kind of got um, minimized because of the booing of Romney and because of this young leadership we elected that somehow Spencer Cox's speech was taken off the table. And I addressed this a little bit on Monday, but I uh, didn't go into it probably enough. But he chat, he, he kind of wraps us in there, and then he wags his finger at us and telling us if we don't want bigger government, we better be bigger people. Now, I do agree with him on that in the sense that we should. I just didn't like it coming from him. And I didn't like this mindset that we're not good people and big people because, for the most part, the people I know are actively doing things to try to help the world around them. They're volunteering at the, uh, the church's cannery to, to be able to provide for the poor. Uh, they go into the, they donate to the food banks, and they, they help feed the homeless. Uh, they're volunteers at the school. So, I mean, it's the state of Utah is the, the highest charity-giving, volunteer-performing state in America. And he wants to wag his finger at us and tell us, you know, that we need to be bigger people and not protest out in the front of somebody's home, but to be donating at our local food banks or not writing, uh, you know, nasty things on social media, but be doing this. And he was the man that wrote horrible, horrific things about President Trump even before Trump was elected. So anyway, there I go again, probably not being the better person on this, but it just really, (laughs) his speech just really got under my skin. Uh, But nonetheless, I do, as the Path Forward Utah, that is how we're going to move forward, is trying to be the best people that we can be and uh, in our families, in our communities, in our professions, and, uh, and try to do the most good that we can do. That is what's going to win the battle that we're facing. And uh, the other thing, and this has been my passion for 20-plus years and my conviction, and I don't know why it's been my conviction. It puzzles my family and my friends and everybody I talk to about it because I talk to everyone I meet because I believe it so deeply that black Americans, conservative black Americans, are going to save our country. And it's the most important thing that the Republican Party or conservatives can do is to uplift the voices of conservative black Americans, to make sure more black Americans, conservative black Americans, get into public office, to have more voices out there because people want to divide our nation on race use what they call our original sin in America of slavery to continue to divide us and tell us that we have not redeemed ourselves, that we, I shouldn't say redeemed ourselves, that we have not been redeemed for some of the mistakes that we've made in our country. America is the most beautiful country, the greatest experiment that's ever happened in the world. And they're trying to divide us on our mistakes and not our successes. And, uh, and we've got to stand up in the, the, the voices that can save America at this time in my heart. And I have believed this for some time, and I don't know why it's just been one of these things that has stuck with me and I continue to have tried to push out in the Republican Party. But black conservative Americans will save our country. We have to elevate their voices. They're strong, they're powerful, and uh, they have a message that... Uh, that we can't give. And uh, so we need more Burgess Owens out there. There's a, a, the attorney, the lieutenant governor of uh, North Carolina is, a, is the first black lieutenant governor. He's a Republican. And uh, one of, I meant to give this story the other day, but the governor is, and in some states, you know, there are separate elections. In other states, they run as a team. I guess in North Carolina, they run separate elections, and I didn't realize this, but the uh, governor is a white Democrat, and the lieutenant governor is a black conservative Republican, 
And so at their State of the Union, the white Democrat that uh, didn't even acknowledge the lieutenant governor, the first elected black lieutenant governor in the state of North Carolina. But this guy's got a powerful voice. He's going to be a rock. I mean, we have the newly elected, and I can't think of his name, in Florida, a uh, congressman there, a black conservative there. We have Joe Collins, who's trying to run against Maxine Waters in, in California. And I think he's got a great chance. We've got to just continue building him up. Uh, he's out there knocking on doors in his district. And um, uh, we have two different conservative blacks in Arizona who are running. Uh, Alex Stovell, and I can't remember the other guy's name. But just pay attention to these things on social media or look at, yeah, we need websites. And I think there is a website that's called uh, Conservative Blacks for Congress or something like that. But uh, anyway, just just follow up on this. And even though they may not be in the state of Utah, try to support uh, financially research, I mean, it, just because they're black and conservative isn't the only reason to support someone. But if they happen to be a great black conservative that's running, <laughs> we should be supporting them because we need their voices. We need the strength of conservative blacks in great numbers um, because to the point where they can't be ignored, that they can't let a cartoonist like Pat Bagley try to intimidate them and tell them to stay in their lane and that they can't have a voice outside of that of the traditional black leadership of uh, Jesse Jackson or Al, uh, Al Sharpton or the other uh, race dividers of our nation that profit off of keeping um, the races divided. <clears throat> so any, as, as I'm I hope that everybody out there will, will take an opportunity and find two or three black conservatives that are running uh, James, a senator, the guy, uh, John James, I believe is his first name, that's ran for senator and barely lost, and he probably didn't even lose in the state of Michigan. He probably won, but there was so much corruption in the voting that uh, he didn't get in, but I'm sure he's going to run again. Uh, so just pay attention throughout, not just in the state of Utah, but throughout all of, our, uh, of the United States on what black conservatives are running and how we can help them win these elections and have a bigger voice so when they have the black caucus that they overtake the black caucus uh, in uh, congress so anyway that's you know my message is we're moving forward there's two things we need to be great people we need to be doing the best things that we can do and we need to elect black conservative americans to office we'll be back in a minute Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. You guys, your customer service and everything, you guys are great. And the commercials talk about it, but I don't know if it really gives it true justice. People need to know, this is maybe the most amazing product I've ever tried. It's so pure, it tastes so good, I'm just blown away by it. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code... USA. At the American Veterinary Medical Association annual convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health. One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections in animals. There's more valuable information at AVMA. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one 
one easy-to-manage monthly payment reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score? You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Hi, this is Brian Hyde. Several months ago, I was introduced to a small Idaho technology company called Pure Light that's invented a new type of light bulb that's simply amazing. Their LED light bulbs make all other light bulbs obsolete. And I've actually had a chance to put them to work in my own home. Now, these are bulbs that eliminate odors, including pet odors and chemical smells. They eliminate mold. They eliminate deadly germs, even the tough-to-kill ones like MRSA or E. coli or salmonella. They eliminate smells. They eliminate deadly chemicals from the air, just like a $1,000 plus air purification machine would do, only for a whole lot less with these Pure Light LED bulbs. And you know what? They work as advertised, and they're already being used in thousands of homes, businesses, schools, assisted living facilities, medical facilities, government buildings, and more. Find out for yourself. Go to pure-light.com. That's pure-light.com, the next generation of light bulb. Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah. I'm Jamie Renda. A few things are happening locally. We have the Weber County Convention. Usually these are held before the state convention, but this year it is being held after. And so that takes place on Saturday. Um, So those of you in Weber County, uh, make sure if you are a delegate, you're attending. And if you're not a delegate, but you have a friend or neighbor that is, make sure you let them know who you would like to lead our party here in Weber County. I am supporting Jake Sawyer uh, for the Weber County Chair, and and, uh, I supported, as you know, uh, Carson Jorgensen, and thrilled that he won. We have the youngest leadership leading the Utah GOP. Um, It's going to be an incredible change, an incredible dynamic. We're going to be able to reach out to younger people. Jake is also young. He's 31 years old. And uh, I think he's going to be fantastic chair for the Weber County Republican Party. Uh, just a little news bleep, too, that we have, and I think uh, Ryan mentioned this on his program on Tuesday, Ryan Woods, a.k.a. Lady MAGA, that we, the Path Forward Utah, and the Log Cabin Republicans are hosting a party. Um, and so most of Americans did not watch the Oscars this year with legitimate reason to and uh, to not watch them and so we decided to host our own oscars and we're giving out the freedom fighters award and uh, to 10 different great patriots uh, throughout the state of utah and this is going to be held in ogden utah on 2210 washington boulevard at 6 p.m uh, on <clears throat> uh, may 22nd so please join us there is an admission fee $10 minimal donation. We are providing some great food and entertainment, and as well as an opportunity to acknowledge uh, some great uh, Utahns that have been fighting for your liberties and freedoms. So, and, and not just Utahns fighting for your liberties and freedoms, we're also giving an award to Jesse, Pastor Jesse, who feeds our homeless every Sunday for eight years and for four years on Saturday. And in addition to providing physical, warm, you know, nutritious meals, he provides a message of hope and love and um, to these people that he administers to. And he provides such a great example to others to get involved and in, uh, in helping those in need. So anyway, that's uh, happening on May 22nd, so make sure you come out and support us. It is going to be limited room, so come early. Make sure you get a place inside. We are going to have some outside tables, too, but um, it's going to be a great event. And, the, and this is, going to again, going to be this new path forward because it's not changing who we are and what we believe in, but making sure that we are a movement that is welcoming to every freedom-loving American. And we need gay conservatives in our party. Uh, we need them to fight against the battles of the radical LGBT left. And, 
and you know we just and again it's not changing who we are or what we believe in but it's being more open and accepting to other fellow americans and human beings and aligning with the values that we can all agree upon so please join us on may 22nd uh, our border oh my gosh our border is a disaster and we're months into this administration and neither president biden or vice presidential uh, vice president kamala harris has uh, gone to our border uh to see what's taking place and the the fake outrage that took place under president trump about kids in cages and those cages were built under obama and and uh, biden and they're being used again but there's butterflies on the walls i guess and uh so it's different and um and, and they're being used in such crowded capacities. Uh, and a lot of these kids are testing positive for coronavirus, and they're all crammed in there together. And we're sending messages out to the world around us that we have open borders. We even have the people who in tr- are in charge of our borders. Uh, one made the comment, uh, and I can't think of his name offhand. It was one of these new uh, Biden officials that the most important mission in the United States now is taking care of these immigrants. And I don't, I'm not uncompassionate. I'm all about taking care of people who are in distress. But we shouldn't have these immigrants right now. We had our border under control. And uh, now we're placing more people in danger by having this open border policy. And, uh, and, we're, and we're basically saying we're not a nation, that we don't have a border if anyone can come over here. And we have so many Americans. Specifically, I will go back to my cause again. We have so many inner city black Americans that are deprived of good quality education, that have been in systematic poverty for generations. That's, that's where the most important cause in America needs to be, is uplifting our fellow Americans and not necessarily immigrants that we have opened our border to in, in this callous way because uh, these corporations and want cheap labor that's going to drive down the labor pricing for all Americans, but specifically hurt more uh, Hispanic and black Americans. And uh, so anyway, no, that's not the most important mission we have is taking care of immigrants. We, we need to get in control of our border, and it would be nice if the leaders of our country, President Biden and Vice President Harris, would go to the border and witness what's taking place directly and exercise some leadership on how we're going to fix that. So anyway, that's my tangent on our border. Um, there's a few other things that are taking place. Liz Cheney. Oh, my goodness, it looks like they're finally going to get rid of Liz Cheney, our warmonger Liz Cheney. And uh, so my perspectives have changed a whole lot <laughs> on, I, I guess, just becoming more aware. One, we were independent, energy independent under President Trump. And why that's important is because our whole war in Iraq in Afghanistan was because we wanted to make sure we could keep energy prices low because we were dependent upon them for oil. And the other reason is because we have certain people in certain industries that depend upon us being in conflict for their survival, economic, not survival, but uh, prosperity. And that is the Cheney's. The Cheney's have been great beneficiaries over America being in conflict, and Liz Cheney's no different than her father on this. And uh, so my mind, you know, is a 54-year, 57, oh my gosh, I'm I'm back three years, 50, I don't know how old I am, I think I'm 56. 56-year-old woman is totally different than it was 20 years ago looking at some of the leaders that we had elected when Bush was first elected and some of the things that we were going through. Uh, I want to be an energy independent nation so we don't have to go to war and impose our standards or anything else upon people in the Middle East. Let them live their lives and uh, I don't want to dictate our form of government upon them or our form of religion or anything else but at the same time I don't want to be in war over uh, because we need their oil. So let's let's go back to 
that brief point in time in which we were energy independent under President Trump because that's what's going to save us from going into war over in the Middle East again. Uh, but people like Liz Cheney um, and her father, they prosper off of us being in war. So anyway, I'm grateful that Liz Cheney, and it, it's just amazing to me, all these liberals that come out and like, oh, praising Liz Cheney as she's some type of liberal saint. Well, take her. You can have her. <laughs> We're okay. We don't want Liz Cheney. You are now the war-mongering party. The left, the Democrats, are the war-mongering party. And uh, so you can have Liz. She represents your values more than she represents ours. And uh, I hope that uh, the Republicans maintain their position of ousting Liz Cheney and replacing her with a true Make America Great Again conservative. Um, So anyway... Back on the path for Utah, we are excited. We're going to uh, be promoting some great activities that will bring different people of different, um, perhaps that we haven't seen in our party as much. We're going to we're actively focused on recruiting minorities, uh, Latinos, and Black Utahns, uh, conservative gays to our party because we need these voices. They need conservative. Uh, they believe in conservative principles. We just need to sell them on them. It's best for America. It's best for Utah. And uh, it's best to preserve our freedoms. And, uh, and so we just need to get our message out there and make sure that we are a party that welcomes all people. Not necessarily all ideas, but all people. So anyway, make sure you listen tomorrow to Bob McEntee on the path forward Utah. Bob will keep us updated on all the things that are going on in the state of Utah, policies and procedures or different things that are taking place. So make sure you listen to Bob tomorrow on the path forward Utah. We'll talk to you on Monday. I'll be back.